Welcome to the Cambridge Judge Business School Podcast Centre. New research shows that the arts and humanities make a significant contribution to the UK economy, in part thanks to researchers being so highly connected with UK businesses. The report, Hidden Connections, was commissioned by the Arts and Humanities Research Council and charts the extent of interaction with the private, public and third sectors. It surveyed over 22,000 academics, including 3,500 from the Arts and Humanities, plus over 2,500 businesses. There are 33 case studies of interactions involving arts and humanities academics. The report highlights the importance of mutual understanding and expectation in knowledge exchange. The research was carried out by Cambridge Judge Business School's Centre for Business Research and a co-author is Michael Kitson, Senior Lecturer in International Macroeconomics. Was he surprised at the level of connection with the UK economy, especially when the analysis went beyond the narrow confines of commercialisation and technology transfer? I think that what's surprising from the research is that it doesn't fit the conventional wisdom that academics connect to businesses in the realms of science and technology, and it's unlikely to take place elsewhere. What we found out is widespread connectivity between academics, including those in the arts and humanities, with businesses, but also with other elements of the economy and society, including the public sector and the third sector. These are often hidden connections that are missed from the policy agenda. There's a focus on science and technology, and that's important. There's a focus on patents, licenses and spin-outs. They are also important. But what is also very important but often missed are the connections with many different disciplines, with many different parts of the economy through many different mechanisms. It's far more complex than the conventional wisdom is often, often portrays it to be. Why is it that, that conventional wisdom does portray it in that particular way? Is it just an acceptance that this goes on and it's never recognised? I think so. There's a simple narrative, and, and particularly a simple narrative in the policy domain, that we need innovation to generate economic growth. Innovation comes through research and development, and innovation is helped through science and technology, developing new ways of doing things and developing new products and processes. And actually, that's only part of the story. We need to actually have... When businesses, for instance, if we just look at businesses, they connect with academics from a wide degree of backgrounds, not just scientists. So, for instance, in the realms of arts and humanities, they're often connecting for people in terms of design, improving the, ways, the way things feel, the way things look, the way things are actually used by users. So there's often many different dimensions to the connectivity, but we often like the simple stories because it's easy to grasp. One of the sets of figures that I, I find particularly interesting is that nearly a third, 30% of arts and humanities ac academics, are engaged with the private sector. It's higher in some disciplines. It's, it's particularly it's higher in the areas of creative arts and media. It's lower in some areas, such as history and philosophy, and I don't think that's surprising either. I mean, I think what's important here is to recognise that a lot of academics, not in the traditional business or science disciplines, are connected to business. It's also important to recognise that, and, and they, they do it for good reasons, because it supports their research and supports their teaching. Okay, they're not doing it for financial gain in general, they're doing it because it supports their academic activities. But it's also important to accept that many academics from many disciplines, including the science disciplines, might not need to connect to others to support their teaching and research. We shouldn't expect all academics to be connecting directly with businesses, 
but many academics do, and many other academics could, would, could do it in the future if they're helped to do it through help in terms of time and resources to manage these relationships. Would it be of a greater advantage to the academics to actually go out and make those connections, particularly passing on the, the connection and the knowledge to their students? Well, that's what they do. Many, many do pass these knowledge on to their students. It helps their, helps their teaching, it helps um, student placements, helps improve course design and materials. So it, 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 these connections are part they're integral to the teaching research process of many academics. But many academics also find it very difficult to do because these connections are not costless in terms of time and resources. You need to identify partners, you need to manage relationships, you need to sustain relationships. So you need these sorts of boundary-spanning activities, which often requires resources, sometimes money, but more, more importantly people, to manage relationships. Connectivity is important. It's important for academics and it's important for their partners. But it's not costless. This point is made, isn't it, several times over, that it's the, the, the academics are in some ways restrained because of the cost and time factors. That's right. I mean, we, we've got to bear in mind there's a lot of pressures put on academics, particularly in times of financial difficulty. And we've also got to bear in mind in the UK we're talking about perhaps 125 to 130,000 academics. Um, there are millions of businesses. So the, the, we've got to have a reality check that there's only so much potential for the academic community to connect. There's a lot of connectivity already there that's not recognised, but there is connectivity that could be improved and developed. Do you feel, as a result of this report, doors will now open, academics will try and push through those and make those connections? Well, I think it's, it's building partnerships, uh, and it's, it's on both sides, both whether it be the, the partner, be it the, a business, or it could be a charity, or it could be the public sector, it could be the NHS. All of these sectors could benefit from connecting with academics, and the academics can benefit connecting with these sectors. But we need to have some resources to manage those relationships, sometimes what's called connectors or boundary spanners, to help bridge these relationships. The important thing is you need to develop and manage relationships. You need people to manage and develop these relationships. You need these organisations to help do that. But they are not costless, uh, and they do require resources. And that's, what, that's a difficulty because the, the payback will be in the long term. And, of course, we've got current financial problems. The report highlights the importance of, and you've touched on it, the mutual understanding and expectation in knowledge exchange. And the evidence shows that relationships are, interestingly, most frequently initiated by individuals in external organisations. That's right. I mean, it's often the relationship... The relationships are developed often by individuals, and often those individuals may be in the business or maybe in the charity or maybe in the public sector. Um, because these institutions, particularly if they're large-scale will have people in them who are there to develop and manage relationships with academics. They have these people who have got these specialist skills, can, can, can bridge boundaries, bridge organisations, and go out and reach the, the people they need to connect with. The challenge we have is how do small firms, small charities, small enterprises, how do they connect with academics who may benefit their business or their organisational performance? That's a big challenge because often these organisations or firms do not have the in-house resources to do it. They don't know who to connect with and they don't know how to do it and don't have, don't have the resources to start the relationship or manage it. That's the challenge, how we connect uh, many small enterprises, small businesses or small organisations with academia. I know that, that, and you've touched on this as well, that lack of time and difficulties are amongst the, the main constraints, but the, the difficulties caused particularly by internal bureaucracy. Well, the, the academics do certainly find, both academics and businesses actually find, the, the bureaucracy sometimes associated um, with universities and connected with the universities problematic. 
Um, I think there's a number of aspects we need to consider here. I mean, if you're a business or a charity or whatever, and you, you think that you may benefit from connecting with academia, you need to find out who it is. Remember, universities are a broad church of, of different organisations, different individuals, different faculties, different groups, and then individual academics. You need to find the route in and who to connect with. And often the bureaucracy doesn't seem to help mm. that. I think what's important here when we look at the constraints, again, often the conventional wisdom sounds plausible but doesn't fit the evidence. We've got to bear in mind the evidence we're talking about here are large-scale surveys of academics. Tw over 22,000 academics have responded to our survey and large-scale surveys of business. So we've got a, a pretty robust picture here. The, the often the story is that what prevents these things happening are cultural differences. Somehow academics are different to business people or people working in the public sector or the third sectors. Or it's all about IP. We're all having debates about IP and how do we resolve these issues about IP. In fact, those two problems are not cited by the business community and those two problems are not widely cited by academics. Again, it's, uh, they may be important for certain transactions but not for most transactions and not for most relationships. The issue is about time, information and resources, not somehow that there's a cultural differences or there's, there's a big problem with intellectual property. Finally, where does it go from here? What's going to happen to the report? Is it just going to go onto a shelf and collect dust or what, what are the actions that are going to be taken from it? Well, I think it highlights, I think there's a number of aspects to this, it highlights that the picture, the conventional wisdom we have is not correct, it's not robust. Science and technology are important, but they're not the only discipline that affects business performance or the effectiveness of organisations. We need to look across these broader disciplines. Secondly, we need to look at broader mechanisms. It's not patents, licences and spin-outs, it's informal advice, it's student placements, it's a whole series of ways that relationships are managed. And increasingly what I think we need to think about is how we see acad academia within society. And I think connecting is very important and building these connectors, building these relationships. We need to move away, about, away from thinking about innovation and business performance. It's all about something called just technology, something just about research and development. We just need to give grants for it. We just need to identify the key technologies, and it will happen. We need to build connectivity between academics, businesses, the public sector, and the third sector. This may need new skills, and it may need new organisations. They may be within universities or outside of universities. But we need to rethink the way academics connect with the economy and connect with broader society. Michael Kitson, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School. 